I want to share this morning just briefly a story that most of us are familiar with, but I want us to, to look at a, at a different character in the story uh, that maybe sometimes gets overlooked. And then I want us to consider the characteristics of this godly mother in this story and use her example to celebrate what God can do in the life of anyone through the life of a faithful godly mother. So I want us to look in Exodus chapter 2 this morning. Uh, if you'll find Exodus 2. I'm going to read it to you from the uh, Christian Standard Bible, the CSB translation. And this is the story of Moses. This is the beginning of Moses' story in Exodus. And um, if we look in verse 1, this is what the Lord's Word says. Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. And she placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds, sent her slave girl, took it, opened it, and saw him, the child. And there he was, a little boy, crying. She felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a Hebrew woman who is nursing to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, this is an important story in the overall story that God is telling. Remember, all of Scripture is the story of God coming to redeem and rescue His people. And this is an important piece of that story. This is the infant story and childhood story of Moses, whom we know God is going to raise up and call to deliver the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt. But this morning, we're going to look at Moses' mother, Moses' mom. And in this text... She isn't named. We don't know what her name is here. You have to go later into the scriptures in Exodus 6 and then again in Numbers 29. We find her name, Jochebed. And so we can't overlook Jochebed because God was, because God was going to use Moses, Jochebed, and her love and care for Moses was foundational in Moses' life and story. Just like it is with all of us. The love and the care that our mothers give us is, is the foundation of our story. Of what God is going to do with us. So quickly I want us to notice just some things from the story of Jochebed. And hope that this will be an encouragement to all of our moms. As well as the ones who plan and hope and pray to be a mom one day in the future. First, I want you to notice the eyes that she had to see Moses. The eyes, the eyes of a mom. Verse 2 says that the woman became pregnant 
talking about Jochebed, and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Now, if you didn't know the story, you would think, that's weird. Why would you hide a beautiful baby for three months? Well, the reason for that was because Pharaoh had issued a decree that all of the male Hebrew boys who were born were to be killed because the Hebrews were in slavery, and he was afraid. He was scared. He was scared that they were going to rise up, that they were going to become more powerful, and they were, they were going to um, rebel against him. And so that was his way of making sure that the nation of the Hebrews did not come up against him. And so because of this, Moses is born and it says that she saw that he was beautiful. Isn't this really true about all of our moms? Can't, your, can't our mom always see the greatest and most beautiful things about us? Even when other people can't. Even, even in our times that we struggle so much in our lives, they see the heart of our beauty. The Hebrew word here in the translation means exactly what it, how it's translated. Beautiful. It communicates that Moses was a, a well, healthy, beautiful baby boy. And since the Pharaoh had commanded that they be killed, she had to hide him. She had to do the best she could. To, to protect him from the danger that was before him. And she was able to do that for three months. And so she had eyes to see, not just, I believe it was not just what the scriptures say as, as a beautiful baby boy. I think it was deeper than that. I believe that she could see a hope for everything that he could be. And the thought of him not being able to grow up was not an option for her. I think she could see the, the hope and, and the plan of what God maybe had for Moses. He was the last of her three children. If there's anyone on earth that can ever come closest to seeing in us the things that God sees in us, I think it's probably mom's. I think, it's, I think it's mothers who have this ability to be able to see in us what, what other people can't see. Maybe even things that we can't even see in ourselves. So she had eyes to be able to see the beauty. Not just the beauty, but the hope and the future that God had for Moses. So second, she had eyes that she could see. But second, she had hands that she used to protect Moses, hands of protection. In verse 3, it says, But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch, and she placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. She used her hands to build for Moses a, a safe haven against the ones who would come to take him and destroy him. And I don't know about you, but I immediately had a flashback. When I think of, of what she did and that description that Scripture gives us of how she, she built that basket to put him in, I immediately had flashbacks to the story of Noah and how God gave Noah instructions and said, I want you to build an ark. 
Because judgment is coming and I want you and your family to be protected from it. And so he, he built the ark and they had to, had to make it weatherproof and waterproof so that it could float and, and protect the ones who were inside of it. And here's, here's Moses' mom building this almost like a little mini ark. This little mini haven of protection for him so that he could, so that he could live. And moms, we may not build, you may not build baskets with pitch and, and reeds and things like that to, for your children. But, and, and you may not do that to save your children from murder as kings. But let me tell you what you do do. You build homes that guard your babies from the danger of the enemy that actively pursues them. Just like... Jochebed knew that there was an enemy that was out to get Moses. Godly moms understand that there is an enemy out to get their children. And we have to pay attention to that. We can't be fooled into thinking that we don't need to build a home of not just physical protection, but spiritual protection around our kids. Scripture says that Satan is as a roaring lion roaming the earth, seeking whom he may devour. I tell our students all the time when we talk about sin, I say to them, sin's job is not to annoy you. Sin's job, it, its goal is not to annoy you. It's not to get you off track. It's not to make your life difficult. Um, that's not what sin wants to do. Sin wants... To destroy you. Sometimes we think sin is just this inconvenient thing. Like oh it's going to come in and mess things up. And it's going to make my life hard. And it's going to damage things. No it doesn't want to damage you. It doesn't want to inconvenience you. It doesn't want to trip you up. It wants to kill you. That's why we have to take sin seriously. And that's. And that's the force that come, that's coming against our families. And moms, part of, of what moms do is they build protection. They build havens for their children to, to, so that they can grow and, and not be destroyed before they can even learn how to love the Lord. And kids, let me tell you something. Let me... Talk to you guys for a minute, kiddos, teenagers, even, even young adults. You should all understand that all the things your mother does to care for you and provide for you and all the times that she teaches you lessons that you may not really want to learn, she's building an ark for you so that you can grow closer to God and you can grow closer to the future that he has in store for you. That's what drives a godly mom to do all the things that she does for you, all of the things that you take for granted, all of the things that you don't pay attention to or you don't thank her for except for once a year on Mother's Day. Know that that's what she's doing. She's building an, a spiritual ark for you so that you can, her, her goal is to protect you from the enemy, to keep you from being destroyed. 
That's why we have to listen to our moms. That's why we have to listen. The protective instinct of a mom is like none other in creation. There's a story of uh, Northwest Airlines Flight 225. On August 16th, 1987, it was carrying 156 people. It crashed shortly after takeoff. And 155 of those people on the plane died. There was one survivor. And it was a four-year-old little girl. And her name was Cecilia. And Cecilia survived because once the plane began to go down, Cecilia's mother, whose name was Paula Chacon, Paula unbuckled her seatbelt and got on her knees in the plane in front of her little girl and wrapped her arms around her and wrapped her body over her and just held on and never let go. And all 155 other people in that plane died, including Paula, but little four-year-old Cecilia was the only one to live. That's what mothers do. That's how, that's how strong and resolute and intense a mother's love is for her children. So a mother uses her hands to protect, but also Jochebed used her hands to care for Moses and nurse him when he was returned to her from, from, through Moses' sister Miriam. She nursed him and cared for him and provided for him. Think about for a minute what, what happens in this story, which is amazing. Moses' mom takes Moses, thinking that this is the only way for, me to, for him to even have a chance to be able to live. She makes the basket, she puts him in the river, and she leaves not knowing if she's ever going to see him again. Not knowing what's going to happen to him. But she leaves him. And through the providence of God, Miriam who's standing by, she's watching. And it happens to be Pharaoh's daughter of all the people that he could have been found by. The one who probably could have saved him was the one who found him. And then to have her find him and then be able to take him back to Jochebed and say, will you care for him? Will you nurse him? Would you, like, what a, how must she have felt that her baby that she thought was lost, that she thought she would never see again, that he was returned to her by the very people that she was trying to protect him from? And she got to care for him. She got to, to nurse him and, and love him as an infant and as a baby. I think that she knew that because it was the daughter of Pharaoh who found Moses that he was going to be safe. 
and that God was going to take care of him. But she knew that her time with him was very limited. And so she had to make every moment count while he had been returned to her, while she had him. Moms, let me encourage you not to let any moment that your children are with you slip through your fingers. Godly mothers see every opportunity to love for and care for and teach us. And they they do all that they can in the time that they have because they know their time is short. People always talked about to me how quickly the time would go when Tyler, our first son, would be born. And I think about those things. He's, he's a senior. He's graduating. He's 18. And I think about when he was born, I can remember it. I can remember every detail and how, and how short that time seems. And I heard that when I was young. And I, did, and I was just, oh, yeah, that sounds so cliche that's so um, everybody says that well the reason everybody says it is because guess what it turns out to be true it turns out to just be true our time is so short and mothers understand that I think maybe on a little deeper level than dads do no no disrespect to us dads but I think a mom's ability to really be able to see and treasure the, those moments is just maybe a little deeper in the heart of a mom. And that leads us to the last thing that I want us to reflect on in Jochebed's story this morning. She not only used her hands to build a safe haven for Moses and used them to care for him as a baby, perhaps the greatest part of her love was not just her eyes or not just her hands, but her heart to release Moses into God's plan for him. Just think about the heartbreak that she must have had to endure. She lets him go. She puts him in the river, not sure if she's ever going to see him again. Miraculously, providence of God brings him back to her arms. She gets to love for him and care for him. But she knows all of the time that she's nursing him and getting him bigger and stronger that she's going to have to give him back. That he's only going to be hers with her like this for a really short amount of time. And so the scripture says once he was big enough that she had to take him back to Pharaoh's daughter and that he became her son. She had to release Moses not just once by putting him in the river, but she had to release him twice. She put him in the river for his protection, not knowing that she'd see him again, and then having returned only to have to give him back to Pharaoh's daughter. Moms, after you've seen the beauty of the children God has gifted you with and you spend your whole life building a haven of rest and protection for them, of spiritual foundation, 
God will eventually call you to release them to him in his plan for their life. That's part of a mom's job is to get them ready for that moment and and to ask God to help prepare you for that moment in that season. There's some moms here who are living in that season. And I bet they would say that if they were to add up all of the stuff that they've done for their kids from infant childhood, how many, if you were to count up how many diapers they've changed, how many bottles they've made, how many, how many times they've done laundry, how many times they've prepared food, all, all of the things, how much money they've given them. You know, everything, if you were to add up everything that we do for our kids, when they come to this season of life, as difficult as it is, as, and as, as much as we tend to talk about how hard motherhood is, when you get to that point where you have to release them into God's plan, that's probably the hardest. It makes all the other stuff that came before it seem really easy. And there's some moms here who aren't there yet. Like you've not, you've not experienced that. Your, your, your children are still small and still growing. And you're still building that ark for them. I ask God and, I, and, and, and you should ask God to prepare your hearts. And build your faith now to see what he is doing in them in the future, that there's an eternal perspective, that we don't only get caught up as parents in the moments of, of doing the things that we have to do day in and day out, because it can get overwhelming, and we can get frustrated, especially when our kids don't see the value of what we're doing, and, and just like things in the video, when life becomes like that, it's real easy to lose perspective. But always know and keep the perspective that what you're doing is of eternal significance. Every one of those small tasks, every, one, every time you have to exert your mom's superpowers in your home, as difficult and frustrating as it may be sometimes, know that there's a, there's a plan, there's an overall process going on that the Lord is working through you. We all have plans and dreams and aspirations for our children. And there's not a mom in this house that doesn't. That doesn't have dreams and plans for what you want your kids to be. No matter how old they are. But moms know this. That whether, no matter what your plans are. And what your aspirations and dreams are for your children. Know that God's dreams are always going to be bigger. God's dreams for your kids are always going to be bigger. That may be hard to understand, and you think there's nobody that, that could have anything better in mind for my kids than me, but there is. It's your father that has even greater plans for them than we do. And you can trust him. You can trust him with your children. Some people this morning may say, you know what, Eric, it just hasn't really worked out for me like that. Maybe I, I tried to raise my kids in, 
in the way that they should go, as Scripture says, and, and it just doesn't seem to be working out for me. They're not pursuing God's plan. They're not, they've strayed from it. And I've taught them this, but they're living a life that exhibits this, and, I, and my heart breaks. And I just want to remind you of the truth that you've heard many times before, Proverbs 22, 6, that start children off in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. With every day that goes by, there's an opportunity for them to have a new start, a new beginning. And there's something precious about a mom who faithfully prays for their wayward children in faith, knowing that at any moment, just like in that prodigal son story, at any moment, they could have their, their moment of understanding. Any day that could come. Just like the son in the story, one day, it says he came to his senses. <laughs> and he said, wow, what am I doing here? That can, that can happen at any moment. And, and, and I just implore you to trust, to believe, not to lose heart and not to lose faith. But can, to continue to claim that promise. I called this message ordinarily extraordinary. That might have been a little tongue twister when you read that. Like, wow, ordinarily extraordinary. Here's why. I want us to conclude. I want you to. The, this story of Moses is also told in the New Testament later. It's in Hebrews 11. And I want to read to you what it says in Hebrews 11, starting in verse 23. It says, By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful. There's that phrase again. And they didn't fear the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. And by faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. And by faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. And by faith they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. And when the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. It's not the big, grandiose things that mothers do that starts children off in the way that they should go, as the proverb says in Proverbs 22. It's the ordinary things. It's not the big grandiose things that we, the world may recognize. That's the key to that truth. It's the small things. It's the eyes that you see your children with. It's the hands that you protect and care for them with. And it's the heart. That you have in faith and trust to release them to the Lord. And trust him and his plans and his dreams for them more than yours. Those are ordinary, 
unnoticed things most of the time. But those ordinary things given to the Lord by faithful, godly mothers lead us to extraordinary roles in God's kingdom. Look at what Moses became and what Hebrew says of him. So simply this morning for moms, I, I want you to be encouraged to see that all you do when you think no one notices that God sees it and he takes great value in that and he uses those simple things your eyes and your hands and your heart he takes each one of those things that are so ordinary to us and he will use them to do extraordinary things he can do extraordinary things in the life of our kids. And because he does extraordinary things in your home, he will do extraordinary things in this house with this church family. And if he will do extraordinary things in this house with this church family, he will do it in his kingdom. And whatever he does with your boys or your girls, it will be something not ordinary. But it'll be super extraordinary. Just trust him. Just do the best you can. And God will fill in the gaps. And he'll take all of that ordinary and turn it into something really extraordinary. That one day, you'll be able to look back and say, wow. God let me be a part of that.